Welcome to NFL Mayo, folks. I'm Luke. Folks, I'm Aiden. Yeah, added an extra word in there. That's how uh, I don't know, Aiden. Once you, you're about to enter the professional workforce um, after serving our country diligently and finishing with a master's degree, and um, y- y- you know, you'll you'll see you're gonna be sending emails nonstop. When I send an email, think, I just hit the phone. You think I haven't been? Sending I just hit the folks. Hello, hi, all. folks. No, we've never. Y- you've n- n- you've never sent an email, is what I'm saying. Hello, all. But once you start sending. All is good. Very inclusive. Yeah. I, I like folks. And then you, um, you, you follow up with all the best, comma, Aiden, with your signature block. Do you know what's funny? I used best exclusively. Aiden, research uh, project like, manager at Merits, Luke. Yeah, manager in the title. For almost like a decade. Best. And then recently, recently, yeah, just best. Best. Best, Luke best yeah think about it um but i've, I've been doing but all the best is good and i have been doing that a lot lately anyways enough about that with the assistance of willoughby the cat and his uh his his mewing and meowing he helped me fix my mic we're back i have coffee um i'm half in the bag with caffeine and uh we are ready to talk if i was in la i, I would have punched luke in the tum for how long he made me wait to yeah, get this being going. so mean being so mean to get this going um i'm very patient i'm a very patient man um i like abusive friends and artists um and so that's why i like when aiden hits me a little so um it's why i cower in fear like randall cobb talking about if you keep messing up, Aaron's going to freak out on us. That's uh, how hey. I feel about doing a podcast with Aiden. All right. I'm like, look, 12, 8. Yeah, Aiden's going to freak out on me. One. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the abusive one. All right. That's you. I was the 130-pound kid in high school. Luke was the defensive tackle who used to fucking give me nuggies and then shove me down the stairs. I've never given you Luke a used to in my push life. me down the stairs. One time, he strapped me to a fucking dinner table. Uh, dinner table chair and shaved my head and he didn't lubricate the shears that's a fact you can actually look that up i didn't up. know what i was doing bloody scout well, look it up. he scouted me all right there was no blood luke there was absolutely there was no blood. blood and you know it no yes there is that no i yes, don't know there that was. i don't know that that's horrible. real talk it why. wasn't that bad but the first couple ones you you definitely cut me couple strokes yeah. i'm not a professional i didn't go to school for that <laughs> such a bad haircut i love it all right let's talk about hard knocks you introed it so we had an episode of hard knocks this week wherein we saw aaron uh talking with uh some people again he saw ralph macchio at the very end that was cool um ralph macchio scared to curse on television they're like come on say it say the fuck word say it uh zach wilson had a really yeah, it was a little awkward. Zach Wilson had a really cool scramble. Aaron's so upset he didn't go out of bounds. Man, you did everything right. Just go out of bounds. You did everything else right. Aaron rocking the stash. Stash brother. Me and Aaron. Hey, hey, stash brother. As Luke, as Luke introed, though, you see Randall Cobb talking with the wide receivers, basically criticizing and critiquing them and saying, you guys aren't hemmed up. You're not doing it right today. You got to get that straightened out because if Aaron doesn't trust you, he's not going to throw you the ball. Um, that's a fact. He, before that, though, he sounded like a. He sounded like. But yeah, he sounded like he was in an abusive relationship. He was like, he was like, he's gonna. He was like the line before that. He's like, he's gonna, 
He's not mad yet, but he's going to freak out. He's going to be. Basically is what he said. Yeah. He's going to freak like, out. And so that is a, a great comment to hear, a great snippet, because that is the exact issue that happened in Green Bay the last few years when they're bringing in young wide receivers who are not super highly drafted most of the time, um, except for Christian Wilkins. Or what's his name? Uh, fuck, Watson. the guy that they traded up with the Vikings. Christian Watson? I keep thinking Christian Wilkins, the D tackle for Dolphins. Yeah, I think it's Watson. Anywho, he was highly drafted. It is Watson. <clears throat> but when the wide receivers were making errors in the route uh, combinations last year, or I know you're supposed to change your routes based off of what you're seeing in the coverage when they weren't doing it to the way that Aaron thought they should, he would basically eviscerate them. Um, and that's really what it is. And is that appropriate for a quarterback? Probably so. Is that appropriate for a quarterback who invests all their time and energy into being a perfectionist? Probably so. However, it is what comes with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is happy now. Wait and see what happens when his offensive line's getting him fucking bludgeoned and his young wide receivers aren't making the right plays. However, Garrett Wilson's incredible, and I don't think they're going to miss anything this year. I think they're going to be just fine. Um, do you have any other comments on the Hard Knocks episode? No, I think Aaron, with all this talent, is going to be fine. It's just the um, just something that comes to my mind is like Patrick Patrick Mahomes couldn't win a Super Bowl with a bad offensive line. Patrick J. Pespis couldn't win a Super Bowl with him. Patrick Patrick J. Pespis is a is a Giants fan. I love his coat. starter jacket. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you guys, all, speaking of H, speaking of HBO slash Max Docs, if you guys aren't watching Telemarketers, you're missing out. It's a great show, and um, it's fucking awesome. After we man. get off of uh, Hard Knocks, I'm gonna quickly hit on a couple other sports docs I watched because we are full on in the football media landscape right now. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. Closing comments on Hard Knocks. I didn't think it was really that um, remarkable, other than. Two episodes in a row. I love it so much. Where Sala satiating me. Two episodes in a row. Sala's um, doing a meeting with the team. Last week, the the top dog is an eagle, and this week the top dog is a commander. So that's, in my opinion, ignorance. Like, why the fuck do you keep using it's so weird other team names? It's so weird. Like at this point, and like, and the team's buying into it too. Like fucking even like Quinn Williams is like, I'm I'm a commander. And it's like I guess you want to be a commander. You want to go to Washington. You you guys, you do whatever you want. I love you guys. Do whatever you want. I I do too. He's fantastic. I'm having a ball. Um, I think that this is uh, the point of this hard knocks is Aaron Rodgers, and so when they're not doing something Aaron Rodgers related is when the show is not as good. It's just true. Like it, it's just not, it, it's just a fact. And, um, that's okay. Uh, and it makes the show kind of lopsided, but I am so satiated. Um, as I said before with any football content, especially NFL content. Oh my God. And like seeing the games with those nice high def, beautiful cameras like the angles they do and stuff it's like it keeps making me think it's like oh my god what if there was a premium package a premium premium package which they already gouge our eyeballs out with not high def but or not 4k or whatever but where you could see a game shot that way you know what i'm saying like shot like like film yeah like like a, like a movie oh my gosh dude 
hard to do with um, sports because it's be so s- dynamic. But I, get I know it. it's I know, but like when they run those plays like, that we've seen in grainy ass, even if it is high def, we've seen it grainy and like played out from the whole field. When they do it with those um, film cameras, oh my god, dude! Like those movie cameras. I keep saying film; they're not using film, but I mean like movie quality cameras. What do you think? I'm also not a DP, so I, I, I can't talk cameras for shit. What do you think about the contented and and sexually satiated look that Robert Sala keeps giving to Aaron Rodgers? Every time they um, pan over I don't to Sala, he's he looks like a contented lover. Now that he's got Aaron, I I don't I don't see contented lover. I see like um I see like pig and shit. Like I see like I see like a guy who thinks that like he's just happy as a clam, and he is. Um, but he, he uh, oh, man, it's just crazy how a portrayal can change my opinion so swiftly, like a, like a like a TV portrayal because like Sala. I was, I've been pretty cool with, and even the last few weeks I've been pretty cool with. And then like, now I'm like, it's kind of sick of him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and, and, and who am I? But it's like, I'm starting to like, maybe be like, obviously you have a great defense and obviously you deserve to be a head coach because you're, you you know, the, the team, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying like, I don't know how much I vibe with your personality. I think is what I'm getting uh, to. Like, he just kind of seems a little spoily vanilla. He's just, he's just hard ass vanilla. Spoily. Almost all of the NFL players we probably wouldn't vibe with on a personal level. You know, and the oh, more well, you hear them talk, learning. the more, you know, um, I'm like, fuck, I'm bored, guys. H- just shut HBO up. HBO <laughs> and Hard Knocks is always a treat, and it's definitely something that gears you up for, like, the real season, which is on our doorstep, coming up very soon. This weekend, we have our last round of preseason games before the week break, but we also have week zero in college football. And I do mm-hmm. want to do a quick college football corner just to, just to point out that as sure. the resident humongo college football fan who's already kind of had to deal with the transition of the sport and how that's affected me this is really the last season where it's going to be any way comparable to the college football that we grew up loving um next season everything changes the conferences are realigning like fuck the college football playoff is expanding everything is changing um, NIL has already created a massive like rift within the sport. And though I am pro player, there's no regulation. So players are just jumping teams, doing crazy shit. College football is completely different than what I grew up on. The pageantry and the tradition is at stake with these realignments. I am not a fan. Luke seemed to think that it's no big deal. It was heading that way. It's like, okay, then let's just make two big conferences and make it not even a sport really anymore. Make it just – it should just be semi-professional it's football. It's then. Like, Maybe it's because I live in the world of, like, media so much and everything has – this is just what's happening. Like – and and now we're already seeing negative effects. And what I mean by that is like Dune got pushed. You know, Disney, like, uh, yes, yes, that's part of it. Yes, that's part of it. Um, like, but Disney going and like buying everything. They bought Marvel Studios. They bought. They paid George Lucas over a billion dollars, maybe two billion for Star Wars in full. They um they bought Fox. They bought Twentieth Century is Fox. That? capitalism is predicated Um, on growth you have to keep growing and i'm just saying right right yes but and but five to ten years down the line here we are where disney's bubbles bursting you can't grow forever 
Right. That's the thing. So it's like, um, I think this all sounds well and good with the college conferences, but, um, and I think uh, this all, this is all to say, I think that's why I was like more unfazed by it than you or whatever. It's sort of like, um, it's like Aiden, you're saying that you're, you're tapped into the world being on fire, but you don't see college football tradition leaving. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that it's been like, I hide in my trip, my, my Notre Dame. I said that it has corner been. And, right. Right. But I just think that it's like, I think it's already, I was already there. I already knew, I guess, or I was already taking it that way. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to sound, that sounds weird or like superior. I don't mean it that way. Well, I'm I just mean, saying that like, it's completely different when you're, I, and I'm an outsider fan, to be fair. And I'm an outsider too. That's true too, because ours, we're still ourselves no matter what. Yeah. Like, Honestly, I think it's fucking laughable that Notre Dame is allowed to do that. I think it's laughable, laughable, laughable. They should be laughed out of every fucking stadium they play in. Like, that's how I felt my whole life, actually. I think it's absolutely comical okay. that you guys are allowed to do a, that. A lot of people don't like Notre Dame. I don't dislike Notre Dame. Um, I just think it's a comical setup. What Do that. What do you mean? Be independent? Yes. Or have the NBC deal? Both. Like, why is Notre Dame, the ca- the the Catholic school, allowed to do that and get all of the best of everything and coast through life? And, and all the other teams have, and like, what? What's the other independent teams? Fucking service academies? Like, that have to be independent? Yeah. And then BYU's in a conference. Well, BYU used to be. Yeah. BYU's in a conference. Um, why is Notre Dame not in the ACC, yeah. which is also, like, having its own issues? Like, we don't need to get into college too much. College football has been going downhill. That's a fact. Now we're at the point where college football will be irreparably changed to the point where it's a com- it's almost going to be a different sport now, and that's my it's, issue. It, it's it's because weird. I hear you. Growing up, college football was everything to me to the point where at times the NFL was almost like secondary to me. Though I loved watching the NFL at large. The Bears have been bad and poorly managed for so long, and Ohio State has been sure. good and well managed for so long. Dude, that college football was incredible in our childhood. Yes. Like incredible too. And the games were incredible. That they were nerfing Madden mm-hmm. too. So like we were in that last golden age. I don't mean to interrupt no, you, but I'm you're just agreeing. It's like fuck, dude, like I was way more locked College in. football like, was way more locked was in. everything to me, Luke. It's gotten to the point where I don't even consume as much college football media a la podcast from the beat reporters at Ohio State like I used to and it's like I Mm. used to be able to name every player on the team and pretty much where they went to high school because I followed recruiting and players are just shifting teams now it's like I'm pro player but I have to also be pro some sort of regulation or else the sport is nothing like it was like it's hard to straddle that line of wanting players to be paid but not wanting the sport to go to complete dog shit and not trying to be all fucking big-brained economy um, theology and not theology, um, you know, like, whatever. I'm not trying to be, like, a fucking Marxist or anything, but, like, when you predicate everything on goddamn growth, you can't do that forever. So all of this realignment shit is about money. It's all about money, and it's sickening. And it makes me sick because I just want to watch the pageantry and the tradition and the young men going out there and trying to make something for themselves and represent their team that likely in the past they would have played on for three to four years. Like, and we don't see that mm-hmm. the same anymore. Players aren't there to go to college. It, They're there to go to the NFL. And I guess that was always there to an extent, but it's like, 
we're, if oh, we're God. heading towards a semi-professional league, let's make it a semi-professional league. Because there is no farm, I, I think. there's no farm league for the NFL because the XFL uh, doesn't survive. You know what I mean? It keeps coming and going. Mm-mm. Let's just make it the farm league where you're paying salaries to players. It is the farm league, and it always has been. But then let's pay the them equally. The free farm league. Well, and I think we're 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 heading that way. Like I think it's either going to be that, or a bubble's going to burst, and all the conferences are going to go back. Like I like. I, I don't know, like uh, in some new form or fashion. Like I just believe that you're probably right I, that it's not sustainable. I took a, I and this is not meant to humble brag. I took a like an honors course, a, a, a seminar with. Um, I took two seminar. two honor seminars where it was a crossover collaboration between both SIU campuses, the Edwardsville and Carbondale. And the second one I took was intercollegiate athletics, and it was with the president of the university and the person in charge of SIUC's athletics. So uh, I, I was able to get a lot of insight into how actually the college athletics programs work. Now, a lot of the money comes from student fees. A lot of the money is coming from the students in general. That's why tuition is so high, so we can have the high production value and pageantry in big stadiums. I get that. It also kind of gives me conflict because I don't think college should be so expensive. It's a whole mess. However, I had the idea for my final proposition for how to handle college athletics where there was a revenue sharing system where players who made above a certain amount on NIL deals, and it was a high amount, like hundreds of thousands. If you're making above hundreds of thousands, I think that money should go into a collective pot disseminated to all uh, student athletes at the university after a certain point so that there isn't such a big disparity between the quarterback of the football team and the fucking setter on the volleyball team. You know what I mean? I mean, you're making $200,000 much bigger. Okay. That's cool. You're making 1.5 million. Why are you making 1.5 while the other athletes are making zero. Like, let's say, let's let you make Look at WNBA to NBA. There needs you know to be I mean? more like, parity. I hear you. I don't like, like it. It's, it, it, but the parity is not going to happen because it's based. I mean, it will happen, but it's going to be slow and maybe never equal because it's, it's, it's revenue based and they're always going to pin it on the fucking, what brings in the money. It's right, horrible. Right. Like, but it's that's, horrible. Pro- it's like, but it's what the is same that? Reason that's why professional football's... sports. This is college sports. And that's my argument. No. You have to do something yeah, or it's not even college sports anymore. It's just professional. You have to. If you don't, then it's I, professional sports. It's whoever performs and is marketable the most can make money where nobody else makes anything. That is professional sports. I think I think the positives are still outweighing the negatives in that. Players are getting paid. Yes, I, trust like me. They were getting. They I think were they doing. Be. They were doing it for free for over a hundred. And I don't years. want that to be so the thing. I don't want it any to be money seen that I, is the bar. And na- and yes, it needs to go into regulation. But like, the, like, and and maybe and, and again, I, I'm sure. Yes, everybody should get paid equally. I'm not. Advocating no, I don't even think that. I, I don't think, think everyone should be paid the equally. The first big fucking pole vault fucking like hurdle has been cleared. And that it's even happening. And yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, it's the Wild West, like everything always is when it starts out. But like college players were like, you know, fucking their life away to football and not even making the league and making no money and making nothing off it. And that was their life. Look, man. And so like, 
I you don't know, want it you to know be, better than me. You followed that shit. I know, hard. and I don't want it to seem that I'm not for players being paid because I absolutely am, and I, I always oh, have I been. Don't think that. But it's almost the same argument, and I'm not trying to make this, but politic plays into these things. It's almost the same argument where people on the left notice that certain people make so much egregiously more money than everyone else that if they were just taxed a little bit, it could be disseminated. To the I mean, lower people, right? Absolutely. That's that's my you, same you, yeah. argument for college football. You, you can make sense. more than other that people, but there has to be some kind of cap where everything past sure. that needs to be distributed. Because if not, then you're not college athletics anymore, and that's where we are. Well, now. it's gonna be hard in the locker room too. It's gonna be hard. Why in the is the offensive line who protects you making like, like fifty grand while the quarterback's making a million and a half? Well, well, how are you gonna feel? Yeah, so, yeah, totally. Like, how are you gonna like? That's something that like players didn't have to deal with until it was their career um where now they're gonna have to deal with it right out of high school where you're playing for livelihood too you're playing for like and and you're playing with people that are making more money that's something we deal in the workplace deal with in the workplace every 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 day you know what i mean but like and that's tough like that's not that's not something I feel like people prepare you for. I wasn't prepared for that. And it's on a much grander scale in the world of sports when uh, they're making way more money than any of us. Right. So, um, yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I get it. Um, it's my whole, um, you you know, my yeah. start to the art, to this whole conversation was just to really try to appreciate this season of college football. Um, I do admit that it has gone and slipped a bit from what I grew up with. Um, but it's going to completely change next year. It's not going to be the same. So enjoy it this year. You have legitimate college football this weekend, week zero. Notre Dame. There is a, there's a, in a meme on uh, social media on X. I'm calling it Twitter. On Twitter where it's like, I just looked at the games this weekend for college football. And if you didn't go to any of these schools, you're you're sick if you watch these. And then everyone's replying to it with their favorite sick memes of like people being like down, like super sick or like SpongeBob, like uh, all gray and green. Like with, got yeah, sucks. it's like, I guess I'm yeah, sick then, the baby, because I'm watching the Dublin game. Is that is this technically Shamrock series? Because you're, do you, are you wearing um, alternates? No, I. We're wearing technical alternates, so it's our normal uniforms, except for we added like gold Celt, like Celtic stripe, like on the shoulders, and stuff. So it's a tech, it's an alternate, but not a full on one. Our full on alternate is our green game against Ohio. As State. somebody who's been um, to uh, to not only Dublin but Ireland multiple times and was healthy the whole time I was there, so I got to have a great JK. But uh, somebody who's been to I did somebody somebody who's been to Ireland. I don't think Irish people would be too keen on seeing a fighting leprechaun on a uniform. I don't. Actually, they might laugh and love it. I, I have no idea. That I wonder all the time. Like I half I'm like, of them probably hate it. Half no. of them would probably laugh and and clank you a Guinness. I I have to think a portion of them are like. Oh, I mean I, that word scares people in America. Yeah, I should fix that. I'll take out the word. All right, cut. Um, you mean intro? No, we're good. Uh, no, we're good. I'm not done. Are right, you just gonna it. beep it? Um, yeah. Um, but anyways, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they probably won't like it uh, too much. Other people will. I mean, some some people will because they're going to love the revenue of all the Notre Dame Do you know what stadium they're playing? Is. is it their soccer stadium? I sold out. Yeah, it's the one Dude, right there in the middle of Dublin. It's, it's like it's so uh, beautiful. I can't think of the name. Uh, I can't think of the name. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard yeah, of it a bunch, gorgeous. but they have. I think there's like that really pretty bridge nearby it too. But um, that stadium's mm-hmm. pretty. Did you do the? Did you do the Guinness? I did everything. Tour where you go yeah. to the top, where you go to the top, and you can the see whole, like, it's the, the panoramic, it's the panoramic so cool. of the city. Yeah, it's beautiful. The only problem was when beautiful. I went to the Guinness uh, storehouse. It was so jam packed with people that by the time I got to the oh, top, man, there was you couldn't. It was standing room only. Um, you couldn't oh, even wow. get to yeah, the ours windows. Yeah, was kind of standing room. Oh, that's so I actually got my yeah. free pint because you get the pint when you get to the top, and I I left that room after I tried to look outside. And then I went to like mm-hmm. a floor down and drank it. The stairwell, yeah, the stairwell. Has yeah, good I went to the too. stairwell. Um, yeah, Ireland. Luke is and awesome. I are gonna go together. Um, Luke I and T there. and I are gonna do a Euro yeah, trip here soon. Before we get too that'd old, that'd be lovely. And you know, maybe the older the better, so we have real money. That's what I'm saying. Aiden got a job. <laughs> All right. Aiden got a job. I was gonna say yeah, something say else um, about it. Um, I can't think of it now. All I know is Ireland's a lot of fun. I think that if I were there, I would drink fucking eight harp. You love harp and fucking yeah. Because I'm an American and I and I don't want the dark Guinness. I, I can only American drink so many Guinnesses before my tummy starts same, getting weird. Same. Like it's so it's I just like so it thick. Just fine. I like it just fine. It's just I'm a. I'm a punk ass American and want a fizzy beer. It's like, oh man, I didn't um, know I was drinking the milk equivalent of beer today. Like it goes down yeah, so slow. It's, it's, I love Guinness. It's intense. I like I like it. Uh it's really good there. It's really mm, good there. God, when they fucking um, get the head off of it and whew, so tasty. All right, we can we can stop waxing about Ireland. Watch Notre Dame Navy this week. It's going to be Guys, a get out of the country. Um, if you have the means, I highly recommend. <laughs> all right yeah if you have if you have a wife's parents who help you get out there that's if what the I military <laughs> plops you in central europe and it's only 13 euro to hop a ryanair flight to dublin i highly recommend all right speaking mm-hmm. of hbo documentaries i want to hit on a couple more sports stocks before we get into some legitimate football talk the first one i want to talk about is a documentary Aer lingus Aer lingus, <laughs> lingus uh <laughs> So this documentary was called BS High, which is funny because bullshit is obviously that acronym, but also Bishop Sycamore. And for many of you, you may have remembered Bishop Sankey a while back. Luke, <laughs> wasn't that a football player? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't okay, remember. Sorry, sorry, I don't sorry, remember. Sorry. I'm too excited. I'm high. Bishop Sankey. So Bishop Sycamore was a fraudulent high school team that played on ESPN against IMG Academy, which is the like flagship football prep school. IMG Academy is a school predicated fully on just sports, um, with school being secondary. I don't necessarily agree with that concept. Your favorite. Your favorite. What? That's what you love. You love you, you love sport being I'm, – I'm being sarcastic because you t- did a 30-minute yeah, 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 yeah. About and this is in the high school level. <clears throat> so a lot of the best players go there um, from all over the nation. And I thought it was in Florida, but if I'm not mistaken in this documentary, they were saying IMG was in, like, Columbus area, which I need to look into that, I guess. So, anywho, 
BS High, I don't remember the coach's name off the top of my head, but basically, Luke, Patrick J. what happened in this was this coach saw, and apparently his older brother was like a walk-on at Ohio State, which is kind of cool. So this kid, this guy, had this great idea seeing how like football managers have a lot of power and how IMG gets all of these sponsors and makes all this money and they go on ESPN. And he had this great idea that he would fake it until he made it. He would make a team full of a bunch of kids that, A, a lot of them had already graduated high school, some of which had played JUCO already and are listed on, like, JUCO websites. He was, like, training them in a big gym, not even in, like, a facility, like, in an actual gym, like a, I don't what's up, like a Gold's Gym type of deal. And he was taking them to different hotels, negotiating with the hotel manager to put up, like, 60 kids and they would say like yeah you can pay uh the bill would be due in three months so for 90 days he would have them stay in a hotel and he would just not pay he's just like oh you're gonna offer it on credit and his whole point was he thought he would make it get sponsorship money and then he, he would go back and pay everything pay that did not happen so all of them would get like evicted from hotels he wouldn't tell the kids that they were being evicted and guess guess what stays on your permanent record your whole life and affects your ability to get financing, to get a car, to get a house, evictions. Uh, so that's one. Uh, the kids had no health care. He was so not feeding the kids up. some of the times or feeding them old spoiled food. When they finally played IMG, and by the way, IMG took them on their schedule because nobody wanted to play IMG because IMG is so good. So the, the coach seemed to think that that was like IMG's fault that they were playing. They asked. So this guy is a motherfucker. This guy is a narcissist and this guy is an egomaniac and he's a scam artist. So I have nothing but bad things to say about him. If you watch the documentary, you're going to come out hating him. And he knows that there was a scene. Well, first off, I have to point out multiple players got injured playing IMG, like breaking their ankle, like terrible injuries in their knee that they'll have forever because they weren't giving any health insurance. And these guys got bludgeoned by them. Like, I remember seeing number 17 catching one-handed touchdowns on him. You know who number 17 was on IMG? That's Carnell Tate for Ohio State, who is a freshman who's going to be playing Uh a bunch. One of the best receivers in the nation. Playing against these nobodies who had no business playing on the field. Like, they're getting hurt. And then they're showing, like, this coach footage on an iPad of his former players, like, crying. Like, my life has been ruined. And the coach... Stepped out of the interview room, still mic'd up, outside talking shit about the kids, calling them fucking liars. I, dude, this guy's done for. He's got like 30 cases against him for fraud. He's done. All I don't know why he did this documentary because it did not reflect on him at all. However, if you want a documentary that was a complete fucking puff piece for the coach in question, go watch or rather don't watch Netflix's untold documentary called Swamp Kings four episodes on the Urban Meyer era at the University of Florida wherein yeah dude I hadn't can I just say I had no idea what you're talking about Aiden's like guys you got fucking watch Netflix drop Swamp Kings and I was like is that like I was like what the fuck is We've that I'm like, talked is some about it like two show? months ago I was like nah. I was like is like Aiden's watching like fucking Crocodile Hunter I was like I don't know man so this show has a lot of awesome stuff. Like, if you're a Florida Gators fan of that time period, you're going to enjoy seeing the behind the scenes. You're going to enjoy 
the um, awesome like highlights from these big time SEC games, and you're gonna enjoy seeing like all of these NFL stars back when they were in college. Like, however, here's a lot of the highlights. Urban Meyer was so heavily featured in it that you already know it's not going to be critical of him. And it wasn't. It wasn't critical of Meyer at all. It was a puff piece to rehabilitate his image. Um, They made it seem like his intense coaching was like why Florida was so good and not at all had to do with like why players hate him now. And they didn't highlight a lot of the criminal activities. How do you not highlight that you had a contract killer on your team? How do you not highlight that? How do you not highlight the domestic abuse and the DUIs and the bullying scandals and all this shit? You barely highlight anything. You mentioned the running back got arrested for buying 0.8 grams of marijuana for uh, $20 or whatever from an undercover cop. Like, Okay, so you're going to cherry pick the like least of all of the arrests when you had so many. You're not going to mention Urban Meyer's health issues as soon as he started losing. Like, whatever. It was a fucking puff piece. At first, I thought it was awesome, but that was because I thought it was building to the downfall. But when we got to the downfall, it was all breezed over. And it was literally just yeah, like, I'm... it was literally just four episodes sucking off Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer is what it was. I think um, Netflix is going all in on this shit. Yep. Like, fucking quarterbacks and then the Manziel one. And then, uh, I mean, like, good for them. Like, I understand. Like, and now everybody's doing it right. Like, Kelsey just announced his Amazon doc. Um, everybody's getting them. I, I get it. It's good stuff. I think we're going to see a lot of a lot more sports and documentaries and stuff um, because of the writers and the SAG strike. So, a lot more reality TV and everything else. A lot more sports. Um, I don't know. I have no interest in watching. I mean, right, but it is something I felt like I wanted team. to highlight. No, no, no. Totally, it's it's important. And like, dude, like, didn't that era? Holy shit! Like, I thought Tebow was the coolest dude alive. Like, I thought this team was awesome. Like, I'm. It's just um, oh, oh, being on this side of it. Oh, oh, and knowing being on this side of it and oh, knowing what you're saying that it's not really it's just kind of a light as air piece it just doesn't really make yeah it's if, a good review cause if urban meyer it. is being interviewed like six is 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 like part of the narration just not an urban meyer then neither dude just, luke just neither am i and you have to understand that yeah. like the urban meyer era was that the heyday of my college football fandom of ohio state I sure, loved the Trestle sure. era, for, but I, I came in on the Trestle era right after he got hired is when I became a sports fan, or for, for football in general. Um, the Urban Meyer period was amazing. However, I know for a fact that the way he coached at Florida was the same way he coached at Ohio State. He had players basically beating the shit out of each other on mats. He, he has uh, dinners, team dinners, where champions get steak and lobster, and the non-champions get hot dogs. I mean, that's not crazy, but he the way he frames it is my champions eat like champions. Uh, pretty crazy. And my shit eats like shit. Oh, that's that's what crazy. he said. And my shit eats like shit. So here's the thing. And this is this is the big brain comment I want to make about the whole thing. Meathead football fans, of which I have been in and out of that mindset, love it when coaches come in and coach like this, it is a very man's man's way of coaching. And the players who adapt well to it and succeed always end up saying that they were okay with it and they love it. 
and they do well and it's all forgiven. But the players who don't adapt well to it and don't succeed, they carry that fucking weight their whole life. And as somebody who's had, who sure. has learned about psychology and who has seen these players who have, who have learned under Meyer, who have learned under Meyer, who carry this like weight their whole life for like the fucking manipulation he did to them. Urban Meyer got a college degree in psychology and used it to manipulate young men to his whim. And people praised him for getting that psych degree because they thought it made him a great leader of men. He used that teaching to, to the detriment of his players at large. Yes, some players succeed. Yes, some players, when they're coached to the brink and they're coached that way, are going to come out on top. But the players who don't, are going to be hurt forever for, from it. And that is something that is not talked about enough. It's hard too, man. Um, it's really hard because... Um, Urban on... will cling to the very, very minute details of somebody's life. He will, under the guise of like mentorship, learn about them and be like, hey, piece of shit, your mom doesn't have any money. Your mom, your mom's working yeah, three whip, jobs. What like are you whiplash. doing? Yeah, that's what it is. He's like, do you want to be a piece of shit who can't help his family? Like that kind of shit. If you can handle it, you can no, handle totally, it. If totally. you can't, no, it's going to fuck you. you up, man. No, I hear you there. That part makes sense. It's the part of, it's the part of like, you know, like I, even like even like a guy like like Lou Holtz, like the coaching was like hardcore and like you're gonna do it this way or not. You know what I mean? And like that is a microcosm of of sports, and people are gonna succeed and people are gonna fail, and that is just gonna be like you know mentally traumatizing to an extent, regardless. Like, but the stuff you're saying is outside of the bounds. So it's sinister. Completely outside of that. So sinister. Like it is like it, it it crosses the line of like evil. Like, you know I, I, I mean? do actually think that um, Urban Meyer is a despicable coach. I think he's such a good coach, but I think that the way well, tried that shit exactly. on grown ass men and look how that went. And I said it then. And you know how hard like it's not hard if you have any kind of like a moral. I lie. Compass. I was actually, of course. We were all I, – I lie because you can run the tape and when it was Urban Meyer and the Jags and Tebow playing tight end for like two weeks in the preseason. Dude, I was so I high on lie. it. You have to understand. I cannot but lie. I cannot as soon lie. As, I, as, soon as this shit started coming out more – That shit went so downhill I jumped that shit, year. which like, I don't think should be hard as a fan of somebody to jump ship when they prove to be a piece of shit morally. Um, anywho <laughs> – I think he tries to get back into coaching, and I think that this was one of the things meant to start to rehabilitate his image because the whole crux of the show was that Urban Meyer did for Florida, like, what only he could have done. Like, he came in and completely redid everything, and he made them a juggernaut, and to an extent, that's true. But to gloss over the fact that he let those fucking students do whatever they wanted and get arrested (laughs) and shit. How do you not highlight that? And guess what, Luke, we're seeing similar shit in Georgia now with Kirby smart. Sure. Oh yeah. It's the same. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Aiden, let me talk about NFL. Yeah. So we're 40 in. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's round it out. Um, what do you want to start with? Do you want to talk about, um, I'm. I would. You know what? I'm not gonna give you a choice. Let's talk about 
Sam Darnold winning QB2 <clears throat> with the 49ers. Super humorous that that's a headline. <clears throat> People were clowning him on the Adam Schefter post that, like, how, what an anomaly Sam Darnold is because never in our life have we seen somebody as, like, a QB2 Instagram post on the grid, dude. On the grid, QB2, Sam Darnold. <laughs> super funny, man. Uh, so I can't remember who – obviously, that was just a comment I saw. God that bless is that so person. That is so funny. Um, it was super funny, and then like people were like, ju- like I thought the I thought the Sam Darnold mononucleosis post was funny. Like somebody said, it's like oh this my God, this dude. Trey Lance it's, it's debacle hilarious. has been handled so poorly. Um, I don't know how it can't cause a. All right, so here's the thing: the fact that the 49ers are so good is the only reason why Shanahan and Lynch are still going to be employed, because trading up three first round picks to get a guy when you're squarely in your Super Bowl window, never able to give him a fair crack at it, and to then handle his demotion this way where you're putting social media posts that he's been demoted to third string essentially was the point of the QB2. Oh, no, Schefter posted that. The Niners posted that? Oh, I don't know. Was it Schefter that posted it? I'm talking about uh, Schefter well, posted. Then I, the Niners I take that back then. That. Yeah, but either way, I think they've they bungled the situation horribly. <clears throat> Here's yeah. another thing. Yeah, why the little. fuck why the fuck would you announce that Trey Lance is QB three and then say you want to trade him? Why would you announce that? Why would you not try to trade him first? Why would you say, hey, Trey Lance um, cannot beat out the last pick in the draft or a cuter, uh, cuter back, or a quarterback who's provably not been good at multiple teams? Please trade for him to make us not look as bad. Don't Doesn't Shanahan and this regime always come out and make hard and fast statements like this? Didn't they like make the hard and fast statements about Garoppolo and then like all this other stuff? Shanahan like, this is, has this never is, handled quarterbacks norm. well, in my opinion. This is the norm. And that, well, he's living the life. Their defense is good, and they also have they the trade for McCaffrey was good. They have they have Kittle, they have fucking Debo, they have Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams, Williams. like Brandon Ayuk. Thank you, thank you. And so like they're they're stacked, and it's like it's it's uh, it's almost plug and play over there. I don't think that Lance couldn't perform necessarily, but his preseason has looked rough. I don't put a lot of stake in that. But here's what I will say: Daddy want Lance. Wanted Lance. All Tell right. me why. Red Rover, Red Rover, Sid Lanceon over. Let him sit behind Kirk Cousins uh, this season, and then we see what's up. We we think about what we want to do. They both have contracts coming up. Kirk's, is, Kirk's done after this year. We have no quarterback after the season. Uh, so we either make Kirk a lifetime Viking, or we let him scoot, and we try our hand and do the full youth the full youth thing, like, I mean, because the rest of our pieces are young. Like, it's a young-ass, booming offense with young Hawk, uh, Jefferson, Did you hear Addison, Hawkinson KJ. wants to not only be the highest-paid tight end, but reset the market? Fine. Like, if we can <laughs> if, if we can find a way to make it work, sure. I don't Fine. even know. What's wrong with that? Because I don't like, even I mean, know if he's that much better than Cole Komet. I, who knows? But uh, we'll see. I mean, like, you're out of here? My wife's leaving. Bye. Um, come here, Taylor's baby. leaving Luke um, live on air. Live on air. No, she's going to go pick it with Rob. Oh, with like her. Hell her yeah! Former boss, pick it the hey. man. Fucking union strong. Go sad, does she, baby. Does she have all? Does she have her riot shield? Does she have uh, balloons full of piss? Is she, is she <laughs> she's going got to it war, all, man. She's got. 
She's got baggies full of bacon grease. Hell yeah. She's gonna <laughs> toss at people. No. Um <laughs> Oh, she laughed. All right, we like All her. right. Um So Trey Lance is yeah, no, for sale. Good, um, so. I want him because this dude, I want him because but for real though, I want him uh let me just get back to my thought. I want him. I want. Oh, I you. want you. I. I, I <laughs> um. I. Uh, I want him. Because, He's like. I've um, got a team. I'm affiliated think... with. No, you don't. <laughs> no. Hey, why? Oh, why wild. did you just hire why? another quarterback <laughs> when you already have two at your current Shady, tier? Shannon? Why? Oh, why did you announce that that he was QB two and then try to treat? <laughs> why? Oh, why? <laughs> Um, no, but seriously, he's from Minnesota. Uh, he played at North Dakota state. So this is, this would be, um, a homecoming. It would also be Missouri um, Valley conference level. I think, um, I think him going to a smaller market that that's not the fucking Niners, which is a title town organization, um, would be easy. I think not having the come in, we gave our entire organization away to make you our starter pressure would be good for him. Not everybody can handle that. And it's like, look, if there's, if there, if ever there was a a way or time to try and rehabilitate somebody, if we can get him for an okay deal, why not? Like, he obviously teams, all these scout, all these scouts that we love and respect saw something in Lance enough to like go and get him. Like these these Niners are good. Lynch and Shanahan are good. Yes, there's luck involved, but like obviously they saw something it's the same thing don't that, like, say something i'll tell you what they uh, saw he has incredible athleticism well, you said it last week. he was 20 well, and you said he was only 20 too, years but... old and he threw the best deep ball in the draft dude he's 23 he right 20 now when he was and, and he and we could and, and no no that's what i'm saying and he's 23 right now he could come in with all of our young guns and and learn and maybe it's the perfect environment like dude we have justin jefferson and still all eyes aren't on us like it, it never is and so it's 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 much easier to, I think to to work on your fucking game in Minnesota than it would be. In, there's just less there's less fun to have too in Minnesota. Which if you're concerned about that, I'm not. If a guy wants, I don't go to strip clubs. Never have. But I, if a guy wants I to have. go to a strip club, I don't give a shit. Like, um, like go for it, Lance. Maybe not after a loss and get post. You know, maybe not after a loss. But the Bears won three games um, last year, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finish so, your take because I have a I want him, take. I want you. I want him to come on over. Uh, what Daddy what would you Lancy. be willing to give up to get him in a trade? And real quick before you uh, answer that, I would not be surprised if they would take Mullins in a package because Mullins grew up at San Francisco. If, they, if it was Mullins, I'd give him Mullins in like a fifth. What if... But if it were no, if it were no Mullins, I'd give third. Him third. Okay, so I'd give him finish. Third. Yeah, yeah. Why finish not? your take because I got nice a lot gamble. to say about this. That's all. That's all. Okay. That's all. I just I think it, it's a it's a very it's it's, it's so unique that we ha- that a team like us who could could do the rebuild right now has this opportunity. This is sort of unprecedented. If he leaves, he will be. I think I saw the stat yesterday. Like it will be the least snaps mm-hmm. ever. With with the with the first round or whatever, he was like, the third like pick in the that draft. was drafted by an organization. Yes. So like, who's to say? Like, I want to try it out. I want to take it for a spin. I mean, again, it's it was a rough looking preseason. But our head coach is a quarterback. I think he understands quarterbacks. So, love you. Love you too. Um. So here's the th- 
He's been heavily linked to the Vikings, and I think that is a logical um, place for him to end up. I think his I, I think to. his best spot he could go to is likely uh, Seattle. I think that Pete Carroll has proven that with Russ leaving, with Geno Smith coming Great in call. and succeeding, that he might be the guy creating these quarterback successes. And I think that they have a very good wide receiver core. Um, a quick aside, Jackson Smith and Jigba had a bone uh, fracture, I believe, in his wrist. So they're looking at it with specialists, but he's likely going to have to get like a minor surgery and miss a few weeks. So he's at risk of missing the beginning of the season, which just fucking sucks because he's such a talent. And I hate seeing him keep getting injured. But I do think that that would be a great location to learn under Gino, who, as we know, is kind of starting to age a little bit. And he did get his extension. Here's the thing, though, that a lot of people are talking about. A lot of people don't think Trey Lance's best option is to go sit behind a quarterback and learn a new offense. A lot of people seem to think the best case scenario for Trey Lance is if he goes to a team where he starts. That's not going to happen because he'd have to learn a a whole new offense. But I get their point. Their point is that he has taken such... He has attempted a comically low amount of passes in his entire football career from high school to now. And the only way to truly grow is to get live reps, not practice reps. So all that Um, said, I think Trey Lance cannot hack it in this league. I understand why you would want to take a chance on a talent like him. I understand why you would do it for a middle round pick. I wouldn't give more than like a fourth. Um, I would package Mullins. In fact, the fourth, the fifth and Mullins, I would do. Like, I, I get it. However, I don't think he's got it, dude. San Francisco has always been the team that elevates average quarterback play. I don't think Brock Purdy's that good. Brock Purdy almost... What do you mean by... What do you mean by that? What do you mean? San Francisco's always been the team to elevate average quarterback Because play. of the system... Are you talking about the yes, West Coast the offense? Shanahan system and okay. the fact that San Francisco has an absolutely loaded defense and a loaded offense all around them. Okay. You had Garoppolo come in and go undefeated until he got hurt, and then he fucking bungled it. You had Nick Mullins come you. in and actually look serviceable when he was playing. You had C.J. Beathard come in right and now, look serviceable when he played. Not a good quarterback. You had... Brock Purdy come in and apparently look like an all-star. Watch what fucking happens. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be good sure, this year. That's good and point. that's going to be on my prediction episode. I don't think Brock Purdy's that good. I think he's got a great team around him and he he's on time. He's on time. And if you're on time in an offense with first round picks everywhere, you're going to make plays. When you've got the defensive player of, of the year causing turnovers, you're going to get op- opportunities on offense. Like Trey Lance I think Brock Purdy's ice cold, I, dude. I don't. <laughs> I think I, I. I think he's. Dead. I don't even think he's a top thirty-two quarterback. Sometimes when I watch him play. Um, I worry about his ulnar, his ulnar nerve or whatever ulnar collateral. I mean, like that's a every tough time injury, he. Man. I, I don't know. He about threw that. all these fucking passes that they were lauding. Like, look at that throw! It's an inch away from the defender's hand. You're right. It's an inch away from the defender's hand. Yeah. Watch what happens this year, dude. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Give me one sec. So keep going. I personally don't think Trey Lance has it. I think if he looked that bad after three years in that system with that many good players around him, I just don't see him succeeding in another location. Now, maybe if you take the stress off of him and you give him a reset, 
he could do it. Maybe. I don't think that Minnesota is the place to do it because I think Minnesota is heading hurtling towards a huge rebuild next offseason. And I don't think that he's going to be the guy that can elevate play during a rebuild. Reload. No, it's going to be a, it's not a rebuild. It's going to be a baby. rebuild, Luke. Reload, baby. All right. How is it a rebuild if we have every position covered except for QB? Are they under contract for two to three years, all of them? They're going to be. All right. Do you want to go baby? through it? We're going to quarterback sure. gone next year running back is it his last year because we have lance yeah madison i don't think all right. so i would wager not the starting running back next year i would wager not a starting running back at all and just a placeholder um offensive line you have a pretty good offensive line that's set no issues there tight end if you don't mega extend him gone we're gonna pay, you're gonna pay him there you go you're losing a bunch of money wide receiver you're gonna pay him 30 million dollars or JJ. more He's staying best player yep. in the NFL, arguably. Wide yeah. receiver Addison. Let's hope two receivers. Let's we don't hope have to there's no about. issues. KJ. I don't see him getting a second contract. Probably gone. After that, nobody. You're gonna draft or pick up other guys. Defense. You already got rid of a bunch of people. Who on defense is a guy that right. you're taking forward going forward? Who's proven to be a guy to build? with? Oh, I see what you mean. Our defense is already a full a, rebuild. Okay, I understand what you mean, but like, like, but yeah, uh, okay, I'll give you that. I, You're I just not feel reloading because like you don't have the money to do so. When you say we're in a free full rebuild, it's like oh, I don't see that because our offense is so hot. I see what you mean now. All right, after some technical difficulties, I'm gonna finish up the Trey Lance point I was making. I understand why teams want to take a shot on his talent. I totally get it. However. I personally have seen from Trey Lance that I don't know if he's going to be able to flourish in this league because I have not seen a guy that can go through his progressions and accurately throw the ball. And for the people that want to like equate that with like Justin Fields issues with sitting in the pocket too long and not reading, I have seen Justin Fields accurately distribute a ball at a historic clip. Justin Fields was the yeah, most I've accurate. Him. I've seen him distribute the ball onto the turf. And, and I everybody critiqued it. And the fucking defense scoops it. There's a big difference <laughs> between throwing to George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel and throwing to Dante Pettis and Aquinemius St. Brown. There's a mega difference. There's a difference between Pettis. your left tackle being a 40-year-old Jason Peters and a 32-year-old Hall of Famer Trent Williams. There's a difference. And Justin Fields was the most accurate passer in college football. He had a 68% completion percentage. Justin Fields is so much above Trey Lance in terms of talent. It's not even funny. Not even funny. Trey Lance, I said, never live without. I think I'm right. I may be a little bit off. But I know for a fact I was 1A, 1B, Lawrence, and Fields in that draft. I'm pretty sure I had Trey Lance as my QB3 and then Wilson and then Mac Jones. From what we've seen, it's essentially just Fields and Lawrence. Those are the only two quarterbacks out of that draft. I don't think Mac Jones is good. I don't think you can go out of last season where he's like bitching and moaning to his coaching staff on the field as their offense was like bungled that you could praise Mac Jones, but I, mean, I guess you could say it's rookie OC, season. Dude, it's kind of it's insulting. It's insulting to your Bro, first round Mac draft pick Jones or starting is fucking quarterback. Insulting. Are you kidding no, me? Are you I'm kidding me? Kidding you. Have no, you ever seen a coach you. do have you ever seen a quarterback do what he did on the field yes. every game? Yes. Who? Tom Brady? 
fucking Kyler Murray is way worse than Mac Jones. Yeah, you're like, right. Inter- you're right. Yeah, like, <laughs> like and, and Mac Jones, it's insulting. Like, Mac Jones is your first round, your franchise player, your only franchise player, really. All right, you're and right. You're fucking, right. And you, you gave him a OC. defensive coordinator as an OC. Fuck that. Yeah, you're right. I don't like how he acts. I don't like Mac Jones. Like, I, I like have an Mac. agenda. I don't mind him, baby. I mean, Let's look, go, if, Mac. You want, if you want white collar old miss mississippi type like tui family type by all means like because that's what he is that's a pot shot pot shot it's what he is he's a good clean boy he's a southern aristocracy child like that's what he is is that true that's my take anywho are you am i cutting out again no why i can't hear you all you can't hear me no now i for a second Oh, weird. There, I hear you now. All right. All right, good. Let's move off the Trey Lance thing. Historically bad trade-up in the draft, and I think that there should be some repercussions for that. But there won't be because the 49ers are very good, and they lucked into getting a solid quarterback in the last pick of the draft. So You know who worked with the Niners when Lance was drafted? Kwesi. I think Kwesi's one of the worst GMs in the league. You will eat crow- dinner you'll eat Why? humble pie with a side of crow at the end of what the season what has he done that's been good ever when we will be hosting hoisting what has he Lombardi. done <laughs> name one move that quasi's made that's been good and not comically bad let me let me let me just let me just answer you by quoting the great paul wall it's chess moves not checkers baby okay this disco ball in my mouth insinuates i'm balling okay <laughs> i don't know if you know that um, right, let's go. That's I'm JJ. sitting crooked in my slab. Oh my god! How is he not like, like, in a box? At it? I mean, he's so Houston. I feel like the Texans should just change their mascot to Paul Wall instead of that stupid bull. <laughs> All right. I would. If I let's move off. Bun B. Let's, let's move off. I want to talk about the Bears for a little bit. So, firstly, the Bears are dealing with like a fuckload of injuries we had like 20 players out of practice and one guy on twitter was like if that's the case there there's no way they're all that severe or else this is like um unprecedented and i think i think a lot of it they're trying to be safe um looking like the sideline of like the looney tunes against the monsters you got that old lady on an iron lung and shit (gasps) um our offensive line has a lot of injuries which is scary because we were finally looking like we might have a serviceable five and that's starting to become an issue. Justin Fields is going to get some play this weekend. He did not get any play against the Colts. And oddly, neither did Anthony Richardson in the second game. He played last night, but he did not play the week before. And I thought that was a weird move because Anthony Richardson's another guy who hasn't attempted a lot of passes. Um, there's a guy I want to talk about. There's a guy that has been on the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips of every <laughs> Bears fan since his historic... <coughs> Drive against the Colts defense, second teamers, and that is a certain, a certain Tyson Bagent, Division two quarterback from Shepherd University in West Virginia, his hometown. His dad and mom went to Shepherd. I know everything about this cat right now. You want me to? You want me to regale this guy's life story? Please, I was very All impressed right. with them for the record. Tyson Bajant tried to go to a big school, didn't get the interest, stayed home at his parents' school where he had gone to church his whole life with the head coach. It was always meant to be. He stayed four years. One of the years was a COVID year that they only played one game. 
He attempted like over 2,000 passes. If I'm not mistaken, he has some, and I don't have all this in front of me. I'm trying to go off memory. He has like somewhere near 170 touchdowns. He has the most touchdowns in college football ever of any division. He has so many attempted passes. He took them to the like finals two years in a row against like better teams. He won like every award you could win at the point of, I think his senior year, he entered the transfer portal and got offers from a whole bunch of teams, including Northwestern and West Virginia. And he says he's definitely entertained the option. However, when he found out that he was, was going to need a bunch of credits that weren't going to be transferable to graduate. He's like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to stay and graduate, which I think is just an awesome move to just close out at your division to, and he sure. knew that since he was already getting interest from scouts, he had an opportunity potentially lined up. During the combine, I learned about Tyson Bajant. He was like a late invite. Tyson's dad is like a 20-time arm wrestling world champion. Left and right arm wins. Both arms. Good he Lord. reminds me of a certain guy we played with and grew up with that went by his last name who... Um, has, I know immediately. Yep. And there's a scene where Tyson's dad, Travis, at the beginning of the arm wrestling, lets him go, lets his arm go all the way down. He goes, you better stand up, stand up. And he keeps oh yelling at him. And as soon as the guy gets up, he goes, yeah, it just like oh my Lord, rips it back God. and slams it. And I'm my like, my God, he is a showman and an, an athlete. Animal. His son has been training to He's be a animal. quarterback since he was six years old. He comes he into this preseason game. With warm milk. It sounds like Spike and his dad from Little Giants, dude. He comes like, into you know this I mean? pre- Yes, he comes into this preseason game. I think he had one incompletion. He was so on time. He was operating the offense flawlessly. There was one play where a cornerback cheated up on a corner slot blitz, clocked it, holds up the smoke signal like I'm smoking a cigarette, immediately checks out to a quick screen at the blitz. Throws it at the bliss. He knows what he's doing. He's a t- And here's the thing. Why did Brock Purdy do well? Why does Aiden O'Connell do well? Why did Tyson Bajant do well, Luke? They have thrown so many passes. They may not have the upper echelon ceiling, but their floor is very high. And... I love Tyson Bajan's story. He had a rushing touchdown. Everyone loves him. If he doesn't make this roster, I'm going to throw up on myself. I oh, already I think he think should, he right? should he be QB great. two. We have Who's PJ two? Walker who can't hit a guy uh, to save his life. Been in the and league for a long time though. Nobody has talked about the fact that PJ Rock or <laughs> PJ Rocket cannot throw with touch. Every time he throws it, he's, zipping it at them like eight yards away and it's clanking off their hands. He can't throw a catchable ball. Tyson Bajant has a whip motion. He hits that back drop, fucking spins his whole body and just whips it right on the money. Every play, right where it needs to be. Everyone critiqued him. No, his only critique was that he wasn't throwing a deep. He had an excellent deep intermediate throw in the game before where he hit Darius Fountain on the sideline. On like a fourth and five, he hit like a 25-yard fade route. That shows me that that's a guy that's not scared. It's fourth and short, and he has the confidence to take the best read, which is a deep throw. That's a guy with confidence. That's a guy that's been in every situation you could be in as a quarterback because he's except playing against higher competition. So I think this is a guy we have to take a shot on. 
He was a guy that in the seventh round I was screaming to draft. I was yelling it. I was like, why are we not drafting this guy? And then we signed him like 10 minutes later as an undrafted free agent. So I just wanted to hit on Tyson Bajant. He's the greatest guy in history from the (laughs) town of Springfield. I love him. Yeah, I was a big fan. I I liked what I saw to him uh, in the preseason game. I liked what I saw last night with the the Steelers offense. I don't think they were playing against ones necessarily. But no, they, they were good. going through them like hot um, knife on butter, dude. Yep, yep, yep. They look great. Uh, Pickett looked Pickett good. Looked good. Mm-hmm. Pickett looked good. Uh, Richardson looked pretty good for the Colts last night, except for like I don't. I was I at Walmart. I missed so much. Dude, to memory, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback literally like, like, just how do even like just shunk like just squirt the ball out of his out of his hand like uh, like he fumbled and it was the weirdest fumble. It, he was untouched. It was just like literally as really, though his, uh, dude. He went. He cocked back. He cocked back to like uh, like uh, like to throw or like pull back or something, and just like literally closed his hand and the ball shot out like and he fumbled <laughs> I've, I've never seen anything did like they it. lose it or did they recover yeah it? they lost it oh, no. i was like i was like oh my god or wait they may have got it and and like you know i, I can't remember because i was like you know talking yeah. to you and it was not paying attention um it's preseason I think he lost dude it. um but like i was like t because t's you know he's a colts fan he's a two-face um <laughs> <laughs> um I would definitely I can, say split allegiance. I don't know if I'd say two face. T's such a good well, guy. I didn't. I, it has nothing to do with his his his. T is the best man I know. <laughs> yeah. Except for Luke. Luke and T are the best men I know. Thanks, man. You guys are great guys. I I love you both dearly and and equally. Just like T loves the the Vikings and the Colts. So I guess I do get it. You know, full circle. I don't think he likes them um, equally. I think he likes the Vikings more. I think he likes whoever's yeah, better. because we're better right now. I think yeah. he likes whoever's better. That's the beauty right. of liking two teams. <laughs> yeah, like, and right now he likes you more than me because you're better. You're in a good spot right now. I'm definitely doing better than I was. I would not say I'm mm-hmm. doing better. Here's the thing. As much as Luke doesn't want to admit it, there is an <laughs> essence oh. of competition between him and I, and it's never been at, like, at each other's... At each other's um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's not at each other's expense. It's just natural. No, no, no. We played sports it is together, and we are um, competitive with each other. But we both want nothing but the best for each other. At least do, I do. Do you know? Do you know where? I agree. You know where it shows, and I think about it all the time. Actually, it shows when we like in our like collections is where, is in my opinion, like where it shows is like where we get competitive is like in like movies and video games and stuff like that, like the stuff that we're buying and whatnot, like our collectibles. In my opinion, I. I can't get, like, uh, I can't let Luke know about my achievements without getting flack. Let me let me tell you. As soon as I let Luke know I did something good in life, he's like, "Oh man, Aiden's a silver spoon rich kid now." <laughs> All right, um, let's move on. Luke is Luke like is an amazing you, gentleman. Hopefully. He just giving me shit. We've been you. talking shit our whole lives. Um, <laughs> did you grab my ass? <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm a. You better stand up. You better stand up. Dude, you need I'm going to send you that clip. I'm sending you that clip yeah, after this. All I right, really we need to like talk to about it. the Jonathan Taylor situation. And oh, before yeah. before that, I'm going to quickly point out um cuz I don't think we need to linger on this too much. The Cardinals are in an all-out fire sale right now. They traded away two two players in the last year of their rookie deal. One of them was a top 10 pick 
Isaiah Simmons got traded for a paltry seventh rounder to the Giants, which I think is kind of comical. And then uh, Josh Jones' offensive tackle to the Texans. This is what a team does when they're trying to tank. This is this is the way you tank, and the Bears did it too. And I actually think it's a smart move because they're going to get rid of Kyler, they're going to gut their team. And oh, you think tr- so? Yeah, and they're going to go for Caleb Williams. How are they going to do that? Somebody's going to trade for him? No, I think they're not going to play him. He has such and then a they're big gonna, contract. And, it, and if, they don't, if they don't trade him, they'll cut him, and they'll eat the money. That's a lot of money. Dude, teams have shown that you can do it and suck for two years. I think that they are— Who has done that? Who has cut a quarterback with that big of a contract? Fuck, off the top of my— Well, okay, so first off, it's not always cutting. Sometimes it's trading, which also can do the same thing. That's the only thing thing I can see. No, it can do the same thing. thing. I can see. It can be the same way sometimes. Um, you saw it with Matt Ryan taking a massive dead cap hit when they traded him to the Colts. You saw okay. that with uh, Russell, if I'm not mistaken. You yep, saw that with Aaron it's in like Green no Bay. Trade clause and shit. Yeah, it's mainly trading, but you you can do the same way um, if you cut them and just eat the dead because you may have some dead cap pushing into like two to three years down the road, but it will be far less. It's really only going to hamstring you for like one to two years. And I truly think they're at the point where they're going to cut ties. They're going to go for the first pick in the draft to try to get one of these top QBs that everyone's talking about where that QB is not going to make any money. So they're going to be able to afford it. And then they're going to try to build around and redo it. You want to know know who's going to go get Kyler? I could see him. That would suck. I could see him going to Vegas, dude. Like the Vegas, like you know what I mean. I could. See, they they keep wanting to bring in these like band aids and try it out. Like I, I think um, he's just such I a moody little that. shit, is what it is. <laughs> I don't know about that. I just think yeah, that, um, <laughs> um, I just think that you have to build your whole offense around him in a way you don't have to do with every quarterback. Uh, because of his size and play play style, and um, a, a number of other things, and he is hot. He is fiery, as we saw last year. But maybe he wouldn't be like that if he were happy. I don't know. He's I mean, happy seemingly. What it screamed to me was he played super duper well. There was that period before AJ Green didn't turn Bond. around, where him and Kingsbury's offense they were undefeated before that. If I'm not mistaken, it was that. That play where A.J. Brown didn't turn around in the goal line and then the defensive back, I think it was Rasul Douglas, intercepted it one-handed, Green Bay, and then also Kyler got hurt. And then after that, it was like all downhill. He was in and out all year. And then as soon as Kyler Murray got money, it was just nothing. You got nothing from him. So we'll see what happens now that he's been paid. Um, I just wanted to hit on that quickly because that's something relevant happening and it seems like there's a fire sale. And if you're the Bears who are having an issue at punt return, go get Rondale Moore, my crush from the draft two years ago. Go get Rondale Moore. You go get Rondale Moore right now. You go get Rondale Moore. He's your punt returner. Um, And then you you have him wear number zero. That's what you do. The zero thing is cool. Luke, talk to me about whether or not people would miss Jonathan Taylor if he died. Oh, man. Oh, Ursa is And then so after unhinged. you do, I'm going to talk so much shit about Pat McAfee. Go ahead. 
Uh, Ursa is so unhinged. Yeah, dude, he he snuck into the fucking Amazon broadcast last night. We can't get away from him. Did you see that? No, he I was, was like, at Walmart. He wasn't even scheduled. He like was off camera, and they were like, and he's like, like and like said said something to fucking Herb Street or whatever the fuck, dude. The Amazon. Uh, maybe I'm just an asshole. Maybe it's just because it's new and I'm like I'm in my 30s now, and so I hate everything that's old and I shake like fists at clouds. But like, I cannot stand this broadcast, dude. The Amazon broadcast is bad, except for Kirk Herb Street, who's just sitting there wishing he was dead that he's doing a fucking Thursday night preseason game. I just, I just, and you know, it was fun this week to get the the trial run. They did Monday Night Football on ESPN, that like they did the Thursday. It was fun. It was fun. What was wrong with the halftime? Because I I saw you and uh, T were criticizing the like production staff, like or the people at the desk, the commentators. What what went on? Like what did I miss? They just again unlikable, like last year. Just a really bad rapport. (sighs) Just bored. Like you know what I mean? Just bored. Like yeah, I don't know. It's like the. It's, you know, it's a fine art to cherry pick fun, cool, interesting retired players and couple them with competent professionals. It's a hard game. And it's not like it's not like any of them are bad at their job. It truly isn't. Like, I don't mean it that way at all. It's just that, like, when you look at ESPN and you have, like, Randy Moss on there who's fun and, like, you know, like, all the, like, like all these, like, fun, like, personalities and stuff. Uh, even, like, um, if you look at NFL Network, like, it, it's it's fun. Those, like, when it was the NFL Network Thursday broadcast, that was pretty good. I think that was Joe and Troy. Like, that was good. Um, and I know people don't like them now, but whatever. They're still... Better they're than still, this. <laughs> yeah, like... I don't know, man. I, I, I so, love Herb Street I don't know, when man. he's commenting I, maybe on I the like game, but the, it's the halftime. I don't necessarily like any of them. Al Michaels a goddamn legend. Like you know what I mean? He's so just like, like, I, like he's like so I, he is. he's just kind of like past the crime about it. But it's everything else is like I don't care about Whitworth as a commentator. I don't care about Is Fitz still there? Uh I don't know. He's, I don't he's really, on these he's commercials during it. I don't care about him. Um I just don't care. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a punk. Um I just listen to the I don't know. I sound like an asshole. I don't mean I, to. Dude, everybody thought the Just same thing. Just my opinion. The first, like, six Thursday night games last year were disastrous. And it wasn't their fault that the games were bad, but the fucking crew no, was not very good. the games good. were bad, And they too, weren't yeah, meshing, poor. and they were, like, talking shit about each other. Like, and it was very awkward. That um, was weird. If you want to go back and listen to those episodes, we we critiqued it at the time. Um, Back to the Jonathan Taylor, Jim Irsay thing. I yeah, we should hear probably it. finish off with that. I want to hear your take on the situation and the fact that he is available for trade now before I start ripping into Pat McAfee. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's incredible because otherwise they're both handcuffed and they've made too much of a public stink to not do this. Right. So good for them. Uh, it's very, very, very funny that Ursa is of course going to want a first round or the equivalent for a player that he doesn't want to pay and doesn't think is worth it. It's like, um, I receive a first round pick. You receive a running back that no one would care if they die, which is a comment yeah. that Ursay made like made publicly. He also said nobody would care if he died. I know he said, but nobody's going to miss him if he doesn't play and no one will care if I die. He said something along, on. but the, you, wild. you do not throw that comment in there when you're, when you're talking about it's, a contract holdout, you, you don't go existential you on it. 
you should just in general not say that. Yeah, you should <laughs> like, never say that. That's a weird thing to say. Like when di- when talking about human beings' livelihood that you employ. Like, well, real quick, sorry to cut fuck, you off. Like, Andy Reid gets asked a question at his press conference about the holdout with Chris Jones. And he said, "There's been no, there's been no contact or communication." Yep, and no at, communication. at some point, the game goes on, no and we play without him. That's yeah. the way you do it. You say the game goes on. Yes. You don't say no one's gonna miss this guy, and if I die, no one's gonna miss me. Because then you're equating yeah. that this person means nothing in the grand scheme of things, which you're extrapolating to such an extent like, that it's not necessary. <laughs> so scary. Um, yeah, that's too much. I'm Jim Irsay's uh, brain is just addled right now. Like Jonathan Taylor is phenomenal, and he doesn't deserve to be stuck somewhere like that the Colts organization has looked pretty uh incompetent and kind of toxic uh for a hot second I think we'll see people that got pigeonholed with the Colts go and succeed somewhere else a la Frank Reich um I I I think it's a it's a tough place to be Jonathan Taylor deserves to go somewhere cool I don't necessarily want to see him go to like all these fancy picks that people keep throwing out like Miami and Buffalo and stuff mm. I kind of hope he goes somewhere where I'm, I'm hoping he goes somewhere we don't expect um, I mean people are linking him to the Bears because of Eberflus I don't see it we've the way we've operated to the Bears holy fuck. here's the thing Luke if he went to the Bears, I'm not going to complain because I love Jonathan Taylor. And I said coming out of college, I liked him more than J.K. Dobbins. You know how hard that is to say? I love J.K. Dobbins. He's an Ohio State guy. But I knew Jonathan Taylor was better. He's so he's good. really fucking good, man. He's and really fucking he's a good. good person. As much as people want to slander him to make the trade demands seem more palatable for the fan base. Is it okay if I start waxing about this? Oh, go for it, yeah. All right, Round so here's out. the thing. Irsay is nearly single-handedly making me want this Colts team to fail. Like, he is operating so poorly. He wants his name in the headlines. He wants all the attention. I hate it. On top of that, Pat McAfee, former Indianapolis Colt, former punter for Jim Irsay, has his show, Moving. everyone knows him, moving to ESPN soon, about to be a shill sellout. So, I was okay with the Pat McAfee show because they got such good access to players and commentators. I was okay with him because he seemed pretty familiar um, with the average fan, even though he's very annoying and very much subverts the norm. Um, And he has this huge crew of a bunch of like fucking just random dudes who aren't like maybe deserving of their station that just kind of hitched along for the ride. Um, However, one thing I always liked about Pat was that he seemed to be very player friendly. He, anytime a guy was holding out, anytime there was a contract dispute, Pat would always side on the player side, say, go get your bag, dog. This guy's going to go get his bag, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all of his fucking commentators in the back, like humping the air and shit. And then what happens is, or another comment I want to make, there's, there's, a thing that goes kind of unspoken in professional sports, not just the NFL, that when there is a contract dispute or a guy that is about to be traded, nearly ubiquitously there will be press coming out that is meant to um, discredit the player, to basically make the player look bad so that the trade or the contract dispute is more palatable for the fan base. 
if a player is about to get traded, you start saying, well, he was a last guy out type of guy or last guy in first guy out, or he did this wrong. You, you highlight all the negatives about them so that the fan base can be like, all right, you know what? I would rather have the picks than a guy that doesn't want to be here. You know what I mean? That's what happens on all sports. Pat would have guys on former coaches who would say that that is real, who would talk about that. And he would always say, Pat would always say, that's so fucked up that this happens. That they literally that you're out there like throwing smoke, you know what I mean? Like maligning a player's name to try to make it more palatable. That is exactly what Pat McAfee is doing right now with Jonathan Taylor. The entire time this has been going on. So a couple things. Apparently in the spring, Jonathan Taylor made the comment that he was going to play out his rookie contract. That is something that Pat has been clinging to. Then he gets a new agent and his stance changes. No reference of what Jim Irsay has said. No reference about the fact that Irsay has never even made him an offer at all. Not one offer to, to, to Jonathan Taylor. No, no comments about how Irsay has handled this. He is capping for Irsay. It's Irsay. his, like, Irsay, whatever. Dude, Irsay fucking inherited all of his wealth. What the fuck has that guy done? Like, why Why are you capping That's for true. him? Why? What has he proven? He's out there talking shit about Jonathan Taylor, saying that Jonathan Taylor played bad last year. The team had a bad locker room because players were gambling. And somehow that's Jonathan Taylor's fault as a leader. So that is a reason why he should not be rewarded is because the locker room was bad. And since he's a leader, that's his responsibility. That's what Pat McAfee's saying. Pat McAfee's calling him a liar, saying that he said he was going to play through his contract and all of a sudden he's trying to renege. I don't, dude, it's so egregious and outrageous that he's being all the time. a hypocrite Zach to this Martin extent. I looked at like, the comments on Pat's shows. He has done this on every Jonathan Taylor segment every day. The comments from all of his fans are like, yeah, I don't like how you're being a hypocrite and how you're a pro player, except if it's a Colts player. I'm so glad other people are seeing it. It's disgusting. Good. He is doing what he was criticizing people doing about players, which is maligning their name to make the trade more palatable for the, and then on top of that, he, he is acting like he speaks for the Colts fan base saying that we don't want him. If, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't want to be your dog, then we don't want him. Get him out then. Okay. You don't want him. It's weird. He's the best player in your team. Yeah, dude. I don't know. You have a rookie quarterback who runs. The only time the guy I ever even heard from this guy is when the Rodgers drama was happening. I, I have not heard from him since. Like, and truly. guess what? He was the same way with Rodgers. If he has any kind of a personal relationship with somebody who is at odds with somebody else, not only will he back them up, but he will actually be anti the other side. No matter what, with no critical thinking, because he's just a fucking meathead. Mm-hmm. I said crazy deja vu. That's my rant. It's the same thing with Rodgers. I said the same shit last time. And he's going to go to ESPN and he's going to annoy the fuck out of us. What is he doing? College game day? I don't know. He does everything. He did WWE for a while. He's everywhere. I just didn't know what his gig at ESPN was. I think it's just the Pat McAfee show except under the ESPN banner. It's, uh, it's, uh fucking god damn it give me one second give me one second give me one second 
it's Wayne's World who was presented by who? Help me out. Oh, uh, fuck! It's been so long. I know, I yeah, know. I can't think of it either. God damn it. Wayne's World. Yeah. Wayne's With World. Wayne and Garth. time. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, we'll see. It's Friday. It's 11 o'clock. It's time to party. Oh and here's God. your host. I don't- Pat McAfee. I don't have too much else to say. We still have Nick Bosa holding out uh, to be the highest paid, highest paid defensive player. We still have Chris Jones holding out and accruing unforgivable amounts of fines. Um, Presented lot, by Noah's Arcade. That's what it was, Noah's Arcade. A lot <laughs> is about to happen in the next week. I would suspect a lot of trades are going to be hitting in the next few days because instead of having – multiple cut down dates there's only one cut down date to get to the 53 man and it's next tuesday so i would assume players are going to do some trades to because they want to know how their 53 is going to shake out so we're going to have a lot of news to talk about it's looking like next wednesday is going to be our prediction episode and that's going to be fun we're going to get everything on the books and we're going to see how well we do after the season it's gonna be a ball i'm looking forward to it this is a longer episode today very very long uh we had a lot to chat about honestly we talked about college stuff for a while so that's fun um tis the season and um yeah we will catch up next week with big bold predictions i'm excited to kick off our annual jersey bet um do some weekly pick them again i enjoy weekly pick them it's a fun pastime you enjoy getting free jerseys like anybody else would i get it i love free jerseys have it waiting on one i'm sure you are waiting. waiting (laughs) <laughs> waiting on one sure you are so i was hoping the fucking hurricane um, would wash you away so i wouldn't have to pay for that i know well it didn't happen okay luke got the hurricane. if that would have happened while i was there Stay i would have been crying recording recording my last messages I'll i was be on doing the phone with my mom voice memos and, her, and the fucking earthquake happened and i was like holy shit uh, I, I didn't even know what it was i literally thought it was the noise that like when a cat jumps up on something so was it shaking like, a, like it, it one one good shake that's it oh like okay. it, it was only like it was only like two seconds long one we had long. a pretty big one in vegas when i first got there that was like oh that's what an earthquake is and d was asleep and she slept through it but because she worked mm-hmm. nice at the time um but yeah it was weird it's weird going from the midwest and experiencing a very non-midwest act of god oh boy yeah it's it's uh it's something else yeah, nothing else to but, say. I got nothing else. Dune 2 got delayed. No. There's nothing worth anything this year now. It's crazy we were having like one of the we were having like the one of the hottest movie summers in so long and like it was we were really just reveling in how uh, movies are so back and now we are going to fucking smash the brakes because Fire, the gym Fire, <laughs> the gym brum, the gym says of the fucking film world uh the studio world are um not no willing to pay the jonathan taylors <laughs> i mean it's literally the same thing like it's crazy how oh like, you like, want residuals for millions of one to stream one minutes like oh, one man. to one yeah, yeah why so. does that happen Capitalism. the american dream baby let's get um, out of here all right let's get out of here before i let's show my true go. colors yeah i don't want that you fu- the red let me tell you <laughs> Is it true that you were, uh, never mind. I'm just going to quote, uh, Oppenheimer. We will go. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. I've been Luke. I've been Aiden. All right. Bye guys. All right. Talk to you. All right. Bye.
right, talk to y'all later. Bye bye. Like the Bears did a bigger rebuild, sure, because we stripped it down. To... Oh, you're cutting real bad. I can't hear you at all. And we lost him, and I'm so sorry. He's calling back. I cannot sleep tonight. I need somebody, and always. I can you hear me singing. I know I'm singing to you. Taylor, what do I do? <laughs> All right, have fun at the strike. Yeah. Three, two, one. Um, sure. And 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 Harrison Smith will probably leave soon. And uh, you know, I hope scene will pop off. I think I'm gonna know. It's very, very, very difficult for me to predict because I think Aiden tapped out of this call and I don't know why. Let's give him a call back. Aiden, don't know how he met me. He don't know why. Oh, it's because I got... I'm connected to fucking Taylor's car. Uh, that's the... And that's the problem. Um, this is disappointing. Um... Are you talking to my wife? Oh, this is funny. I can see him talking. I think he's talking. <laughs> All right. 16, 13 ish. Two. You don't know how you met me. Don't know why you can't Is she liking that? It's so funny. That's funny. That's funny. She's like, I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. I just kept rolling. Cool.